Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. It's an honor to be here at The House today. Um, as Devin had mentioned, Shannon, Shannon, my wife Shannon is here with me today. Would you guys just uh, give it up for her today? She's, she's the real deal, I'm, I'm telling you. Um, uh, we, we met Pastor Stephen and Katie at an art conference, and sometimes you meet those people and you just know they're your people. Uh, it's like you just flow right into the rhythm. It's like nothing, there's none of this awkward, good morning, hello, how are you? Very, very nice to meet you. It's like all, you're just, you're cracking jokes and you're thinking, let's go get something to eat. <laughs> let's, let's just hang out. So that's how, we, that's how we met them, and we've had that friendship ever since. Uh, Pastor Stephen was gracious enough to come uh, to Word of Life, the church that we pastor in Marionville, and pour into, uh, into our congregation as well. A few, it's probably been a month or so ago. But uh, when he asked me to come down here, I was, I was incredibly excited to be able to be here. This is an incredible church. You have the best pastors on the planet. They are amazing. They love you. They love this area. Their heart is to see just people's lives transformed by the love of Christ. You know, you know, sometimes churches can, uh, sometimes churches can end up as meeting places for the saved, and now you become a, uh, you just kind of become a neat little club where everybody walks in. We look at each other dead in the eye. We lie about how great our life is and how wonderful everything is. Our kids are great, marriage is great, finances are great. You know, and then we're then we would just like sit down in our seats and like feed me, Pastor. And and Jesus created this gathering, this gathering as a time for us to celebrate him, to, to celebrate Jesus for all that he is, for somebody that doesn't know Christ to be able to walk in the door, feel loved, and become part of a family. And that's what the house is about. That is why we love this place, because this is a place where people can meet the Father and begin a relationship and watch their life be completely transformed. They can, they can belong even before they believe. Amen? We love the house, love the house, love the house. Lights on. Man, this deal, when he told me about this, I was excited. Then he's like, hey, can you come speak about that? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm already, got, I'm already getting it in my mind about what I want to talk about. And last, last week with the panel, and Pastor Katie, was, was, uh, she, she shared about, uh, shared about some, some phobias. And, and as she was sharing about that, it kind of, kind of hit me, so I thought I would share a phobia that I have with you. Um, some of you may have heard about it. It's called luposlipophobia. Has anybody ever heard of that? Okay, it's rather rare, um, but it is the fear of being chased by a pack of wild timber wolves around a kitchen table on a freshly waxed linoleum floor in a pair of socks. <laughs> I'm working through it, you know. We don't, we don't wax our floors. It's just... Okay, I'll leave, I'll leave my jokes at home. <laughs> what, but the, 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 the panel was, was incredible. Um, the last time we were here, we actually got to, got to spend some time with, uh, with Jason. And his story uh, was, was just incredibly powerful about what God's done in his life. And it's the true relationship that Jesus wants to have with us and how, how that relationship just 
He just grows us and loves on us. And, and we're molded and shaped through Jesus. Like God is, right, he's the potter and we are the clay and he is doing that. Um, it's just, it was so encouraging. You know, when, uh, when, when Pastor Katie mentioned the, the fear, the, the phobia or the fear of dark, and she used the story of the, of the child that went into the room, you know, and it was like, it's the dark room. And, and mama said, listen, Jesus will help you through anything. And so the kid just opens the door and it's dark. And she's like, Jesus, if you're in there, bring me that broom. <laughs> you know? And so today, um, I titled my message, Bring the Light. And so when we walk into that room and that room is dark, we have something to overpower the darkness, Right? We have, we have the light. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have that light. And you, you get to walk in the room and get the broom. You can accomplish what needs to be accomplished. You can walk in to the middle of darkness and actually own the room, be in the space because Christ is in you. And we are not afraid of the dark because of who's in us. Christ, the greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? So... As part of understanding that, we have to understand that on the cross, when Jesus said the word, it is finished, that means it is finished. Not like, well, it was good enough at the moment and, and, and I can't do this or that. No, when he said it is finished, that means it is finished. The only lack in seeing everything accomplished is in us. We're the blog that doesn't we sometimes want to second guess or doubt or, or not understand the power of the light that is within us. And one of the things that, that I'm working through beyond the luposlipophobia, I mean, that's, I'm going beyond that, is uh, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit uh, in, insecure. And so I'm going to ask you guys if you would do me a big favor today, if you would, if you would help me out in, in preaching my message. So whenever I want to, I, I want to, uh, we're talking about bring the light. So when I, when, if I look at you and, and, I, and I'm going to point at you, would you do me a favor and say bring the light? So let's try that out real quick. Man, you guys are so awesome. That is great. So we're going to, that's what I'm talking about. Jesus said it is finished. Whenever he left, he sent the Holy Spirit as our advocate and as our helper, as an authority in us, so that we have the ability to the to the rest of the world. Lights on 24-7. Amen? 365. The light in you will never go off. I have several passages of Scripture to make it through this morning, and I'm going to fly through a few of these because I don't want you to think, wow, that was really neat, but what's it based in? If we can do a great, I can, I can come up and really like motivate you or be a, be a great motivational speaker, but if I'm not grounded in the Word of God, then it's going to leave you when you walk out the door, amen? So the, the foundation of the house is what? Prayer and the Word, the Word of God. That is what we, Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, and His Word rings true. So John 8, 12, Jesus spoke again to the people, and He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have what the light of life. You may be in a season today where you walked in and you said, my life is not so light and bright and fuzzy and fun. But guess what? 
Jesus can change that. He's the one that, that in you and through you can change that. You know that every apostle, see, I told you I'm going to fly through these. I'm doing a great job so far, aren't I? But, but every, Jesus was in the garden. He was under such great pressure that he was sweating drops of blood. The apostles arrested, beaten. Some of them, they, they all but one ended up being martyrs for Christ. They went through tough seasons. So don't think of yourself so highly that, that somehow you and your relationship with God and your walk in life is not going to get kind of tough sometimes. The key to that is whatever's pushing you to the feet of Jesus should be celebrated. You can look at it by a perspective of praise and say, this is a rough season. Thank God he's with me. Praise God the light is in me. This is going to work out good because the word says it's going to work out good. Amen? Matthew 5.15, no one lights a lamp then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. What a great scripture. Man, somebody name a church after that, like the house. That light is in you, and the way you take it to every house and to every room is your lifestyle. Not your perfection, <laughs> not by how many, how many Boy Scout badges you got on you, are you with me? Not by your job title or your job status or your financial status. It is by Christ that is in you and a lifestyle that you lead that when it is tough, that's when all the people that don't know Christ are really staring you down. Are they going to act just like the same way I do or are they going to do something different? Your perspective of praise will actually bring them closer when you're in the, whenever you're under the pressure. Amen? And your lifestyle will help you to... Wow, you were... Who's that? You got shy? Come on, man. I'll just throw you off here a little bit. I got to throw one out every once in a while. Make sure you're not asleep. If your neighbor's asleep, look at him right now and say, wake up. They were that many people to sleep? <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Luke 14, 23 says, To go out in the, in the country lanes, out beyond the hedges, and urge everyone you find to come so that the house might be full. Now we're looking at a charge and a challenge to be outside of these walls doing what? Simply be in the light. Urge them to come into the relationship so the house of God might be full. We're not talking about the church inside the walls. We're talking about the house, the kingdom of God. Every person, when you leave here, you're still the church. I'm Jesus Christ is in me. You are the church. You are the person that the world is going to look at, and they will judge the building by the lifestyle. Come and go to church with me. Why? I don't want to live like you live. You're miserable, right? You struggle just like I struggle. You have the same problems I have, and you have no more joy than I do. Why would I want to come with you? But a, I, but a perspective of praise, understanding the light is in us, helps those people understand. You just look at them right in the eye and say, yeah, it is tough, but praise God, I've got hope. I've got joy. I have breath in my lungs. I ain't dead. I ain't done. Amen? Yeah. Acts 1.8 says, you will be my witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. In Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now we're, now we're challenged to reach several different places as we, as we find out who we are in Christ. And we find out the light is in us. 
Do you know what a witness does? Simply sets and tells the story. The witness is not the judge. The witness is not the jury. The witness is somebody that has been called to testify about the story that they have experienced. Your Jerusalem is your home, your work, your friends, your immediate sphere of influence, the people that are close to you. You are called to live a lifestyle that is pleasing to the Lord, that gives Him glory, not you, and that is to draw them in. Judea, Samaria, that's Arkansas. That's what your church is doing. It's, it's the United States. Your, your church is part of a group called the Ark that's, that uh, helps new churches start. You're, you're witnessing. You are, you are helping get Christ to the United States. Your, your ends of the earth, that is, that's what you're doing when you go on mission trips, right? Like, let's go. We're going to Belize. Be the one. We're gathering up. We're headed out. We're doing mission trips. We're doing all this stuff all over the world. What happens with sometimes with believers is we want to jump on board and head to Africa so we can just walk around and tell everybody about Jesus, how great that God is. Oh, baby, oh, baby. And we're like, we're looking for all this uh, uh, mission field miracles to happen because we just go and we believe God's going to do something amazing in these people's lives who they don't know where they're going to eat, where they're going to drink. And we go and we're like so full of faith. Do you know why we want to go to Africa? Africa, why we want to go to these countries, why we want to have so much faith is because when we go, we forget who we are and we remember who God is. But when we're in our home, it's hard because we know us and now we're, we're not having that same faith. God has called us to be a conduit, just a conduit. One of the things that uh, freed me up in ministry was when I figured out I don't have to have the answer. I just get to point people to the one that does. I get to be a conduit. Just a simple means of transportation. God chose you as a believer to be his conduit. The God that created everything. I want to just think about this for a second. The God that created everything. There was nothing, nothing, nothing until he decided there was something. And when he decided there was something, he began to create things. And he created something that he loved above all things, and that was you. And he said, I love you so much, I'm going to put in light in you, and I'm going to use you to reach others. I want them to be a conduit. I don't want them to live by their feelings. I don't want them to live by the by situation. I don't want to live by, I don't want them to place their, their highs and lows and their well-being on government, on any of that stuff. I want them to put everything that they are in Christ, in the faith, in the Son that I will send, and, and through the Holy Spirit that I will give them so that they can reach other people. They can be a conduit to reach other people. They will be the ones to... Come on, you guys are awesome. I don't think anybody's asleep. Shannon and I had an incredible opportunity to go to uh, um, Israel on a Holy Land tour. And we were in Jerusalem, and we were headed to the Sea of Galilee. We were on a 
all riding camels. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if we'd have made it. We're soft. So we were on these nice, big, air-conditioned buses, and we'd been driving for about 45 minutes or so, and they stop, we stop up on the top of this, of this mountain, and we get out, and we're like, okay, what are we doing here? And there, there literally was a couple of guys with camels there that they were offering camel rides for, you know, seven pesos or whatever they use. I don't think it's pesos. But, <laughs> but we're standing there, and they take us out. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? One thing about it, even my bad jokes, I will laugh at. So you're welcome. <laughs> so they take us out, out of the buses, around this mountain, and you walk, and, and these are like, it's desert, desolate mountains. And, and they walk you out kind of to the side of this thing, and you look way back and off this ravine, and there's this huge castle back there, like stuck on the side of a mountain, built by King Herod. Like this is old stuff and you're like number one how did they do that I don't have a clue how they built that back then with nothing motorized but what he also did this dude had some crazy good architects that were with him but he built a waterway or a somebody say conduit from Jerusalem to this castle now we're on a 45 minute bus ride he built a conduit, a waterway to get water to this castle so he could go hang out in his castle and have fresh water. This has been a couple of years ago, right, when he was alive. We were there. Guess what's still happening? Water's still flowing through that conduit. And you can see, and it's desert. Everybody, you know what desert is? Like dry. And along that waterway, there were little breaks in that. And when you would look at the side of this mountain with just desert, dry, nothing, there would be this little strip of green where that water over just was leaking. And out in the middle of a desert, deserted, dry land, there was life because of the water that was coming through that conduit. It doesn't have to be the ocean, this mountain moving faith. It is that little bit of light that gets through you that will change and bring life to what is dead. Amen? Isn't God good? Gives me goosebumps talking about it. Our job is to bring that light and life as the witness, not the judge or the jury. We have a responsibility to do that, church. And I want you to understand this. This is about as serious as it can get. Now, this scripture is not on the screen, not in your notes if you have notes, not anywhere except in the Bible. So you can write this down, Ezekiel 3.18. Ezekiel 3.18, the Lord is speaking to Ezekiel, and he says, when I warn you, when I tell you, of lost people's offense, of their sin, when I tell you, believer, pastor, when I tell you about other people, when I show you how people are lost, if you don't love them, if you don't share with them, if you don't tell them, and they die in that sin, their blood I require from your hand. 
As a believer, we are required to witness to our Jerusalem, to our Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen to me really close. When you're in prayer over that person you know that is lost, that doesn't know Jesus, and God says this is what they're struggling with, or they're, they just, you just get this, you have this sense that they're doing something that, that that's really holding them back. You know, why, why do people not come to church besides, besides that we're all hypocrites, which is a great statement because I thank God for grace or I'd be dead, right? But the other reason is that they always say this, well, when I get it together, I'll go. Now, they're never telling you what they've got to get together. They'll tell you the obvious. Well, when I get my marriage together, then we'll go. We're not telling you about the secret place and the secret things that they're hiding that is really beating them down, telling them they're not worthy. What God shows you and you look at them the way Jesus looks at them with a heart that says, I, I don't want them to die. I don't want them to go. God has placed a burden on you on, for them. You don't run to them and, like, be, and tell them, you're going to hell. <laughs> that, that's not a witness necessarily. That puts you in the judgment seat, right? That's the hammer, not the love. It's like, hey, guess what? If you don't change it, you're going to hell. You're going to die. It's all going to be good. You go and you witness to them by your lifestyle of love. And if we don't love them the way God loves us, then we don't share with them the goodness of God. We witness of how great God is. You tell them how good God is in your life, not how bad their life is. We're telling them how wonderful Jesus is. We're shining the light into their life, and it had, that puts everything in Jesus' hands, the Holy Spirit's hands, to change them, convict them, let them know that they are loved. We're called to, come on, you guys are phenomenal. How do you do it? I'm going to give you three things, three ways. That you bring the light to people you're closest to. Listen. Lights on, that's not just an event for, for Halloween or Niawala, right? That's Halloween backwards. That's how Christians, that's how Christians say it. <laughs> Don't use the cursed word. It's the whole reason I wore my jacket today is we don't use that cursed word Halloween. Thou shalt not speaketh of thy Halloween. It's okay. I think it's okay. Because you're going to use it for God's goodness. Amen. The way, the way you're going to go about that, it's not just an event. This is a lifestyle. Exactly what you said this morning. God is bigger, and he has more than what we think that he does. So often we block, we block, we block it. Because remember, we remember who we are. When we're in Africa, we're ready for the deaf to hear, the blind to see, the lame to walk. We're just because we're just like, God can do it for you, and we're telling them about it. And then we come back here where we're all domesticated, and we have all these jobs, we have bills, we have all this stuff, and we just say, well, I can only do so much, or I can, and we're missing out on what God has for us. But you're, gonna, you're, you're, you're building up to an event that is going to change the lifestyle of a church. And your church is going to begin to live in the life of abundance. I mean, you're going to give out, now correct me if I'm wrong, but like full-size candy bars? 
Like when somebody go trick-or-treating to go to your house, like the best, that's just so you know, if you want to give the best, give a full-size candy bar. I have, a, I have a girlish figure to uphold. Give me a full-size candy bar. I might come trick-or-treat at the house, some, somebody's place. God gives good gifts, so we should be givers of good gifts. We should give to those that are in need. God gives us, a, a, right, we give, a, we give a hand up to help people. When you build a relationship, the first step, that the first step in witnessing to someone else is this, is to, un, to accept the personal responsibility that you have. You have to accept that responsibility that God has placed them in your path for a reason. And your reason is to point them to Jesus. Jason Saragusa got into a cab and a man driving the cab accepted the personal responsibility to talk to him about how good God was. Amen? He didn't turn around and go, oh, the Lord told me, you're quite the sinner, young man. Uh, you're living like hell. May not be able to, maybe I shouldn't say that. Easy. I got to reel myself in sometimes, you know. But he, 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 Jason even said it. He just kept talking about how good God was and how much God loved me and how great God was in him in his life. That dude driving that cab accepted the personal responsibility that the people that he met were not on accident, but it was to sow a seed so that later there would be a harvest. And that dude today, yesterday or last week, was sitting on this stage witnessing to you about how great God is. Are you with me? You see how that works? That's your responsibility. You don't have the answers. You got the, you got the ability. You are the conduit to the point of the one that does have the answer number two build a personal relationship paul says i become all things to all men so that christ might save them listen to me don't <laughs> i had a guy tell me this one time I'm, I'm going to the i'm going to the kegger that i used to hang out with all them guys so i can so i can witness to him i said probably not a good idea like, me and him were like, we were alcoholic drunks. Like, we were like gutter drunks. I'm like, I don't think God's calling you to go to the keg party and play poker just so you can tell him how good God is. I don't think anybody's going to listen to you. You'd be lucky if you don't get, out, get beat up before you get out of there. He's not saying go where they go, do what they do. He says find common ground. Build a relationship. Find common ground. I started doing CrossFit a few years ago. No, you can't tell it. I really work. It's the diet, man. It's the full-size candy board. It's bringing me down. <laughs> Forgive me of gluttony, Lord. But biscuits and gra Okay, I'll quit. I'll have to go eat in between services if I keep going. But I started doing CrossFit, and one of the coaches there... Um, but just great personality. This dude is just, and I was like, I like him. Like, we're going to have fun. This dude's my coach. And just kind of got to know him and this and that. And the, some of the people that, that I went to CrossFit with knew that, knew that I was a pastor. And I was talking to a guy one day, and I said something. I said, what about, what about Chris? What's his, what's his story? He said, well, you probably don't want to bring church up around Chris. Okay, why? <laughs> this is Obviously, we've done a real good job. 
And he said he's an atheist. And he doesn't want anything to do with God. And if you bring it up, he just says, shut up. I don't want to talk about it. I said, good information. So as I can, I, you know, the first thing that, that I felt was, I don't want that guy going to hell. He's too good. God loves him just like he loves me. And at one point in my life, I promise you, you may bring a church up to me. I would have told you a whole lot of fancy words that I knew. <laughs> and I used fluently. And they would end it up with, get away from me. So I, I wanted to look at him the way Jesus looked at him, not the way that everybody else wants to look at him. Not the way believers want to look at him. He's an atheist. Stay away. He's an atheist. Let's get him. Let's love him, right? That should be sick him, man. So we just built relationships. You know, he'd, he'd laugh at me when I do something stupid, and we just, we just built a relationship around CrossFit. I found a common ground. I found out he was... Uh, he was real. This dude is really strong. He's an Olympic weightlifter. He really struggles with his weight. There was a lot of things I found out about this guy just from building a personal relationship. Because when I saw him, I accepted the responsibility. That's my guy. Few uh, about a year later, after I've been doing it, we built this friendship. A year, people. I didn't. I hadn't even invited him to church. We didn't even talk about me being a pastor. But you can talk about Jesus. I love this dude. He comes to me and said, hey, there's this team competition. Do you want to do it? And I thought, no, <laughs> I do not. And I just, yeah, you bet. <laughs> so we sign up for it. We, <laughs> he's like, I got a great name for our team. We were the Scorpion Death Squad. <laughs> Pastor Kevin's. I got a T-shirt and everything, man. We got a secret handshake. I mean, we were narrowly we missed the podium just for just for all your information. Narrowly we missed the podium. But we had a great time that day. We had an incredible time. I went to his house and picked him up that morning. We drove up there. On the way home, it was time. Tell me about Chris. Just tell me where what's he was raised Mormon. Went to Brigham Young University, graduated there, did two years of missions in Compton, California. Came home, married a young lady that was Mormon, involved in the Mormon church. Life was incredibly heavy. And there was no outlet to the grace of Jesus through where he was, the way he was living. And I said, what happened? He said, the biggest jerks I know were in church and they looked me in the face whenever I said why how is this so hard why is this so tough he said they looked at me and they said if you don't believe this you don't believe anything and he said fine I don't believe anything goodbye he said from that day I decided there was no God <laughs> roll the window down <sighs> and it just broke my heart man, that's why I hate that. And he goes, what about you? I go, well, <laughs> 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 you ask. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, and this is in a 15-minute in a drive from, from where we stopped the competition to where his house was. And he said, so tell me about you. He said, I think, he said, I've heard that, that you're a preacher. 
Yes. I said, I've been called worse, if that makes you feel better. But I, sh I just shared with him, I said, listen, man. I said, for 34 years of my life, I didn't believe, I didn't care, I didn't know. For 21 years of my life, I'm an, I'm an alcoholic. From 13 to 34 years old, I am an alcoholic, and there's no way out for me. No, I, I tried it all. I went to the meetings. I did the this. I did the that. I changed this. I changed that. No matter where I went, brother, there I was. And I said, the day that I was introduced to Jesus, listen to me, the day I was introduced to Jesus for who he was, I gave my heart and my life to him, and, that took, and he took that away from me. He goes, I don't know if I've ever heard that. I said, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody, Chris. But what I believe is you weren't introduced to Jesus properly. Because the day that I was introduced to Jesus, I was introduced to Jesus for who he was, not about a church, not about a preacher, not about a system, not about a this, but it was simply I met the Father for who he was. And he changed my life. Building a relationship is finding common ground. You, you have them at work, you have them in your family, and you love them, and you love them, and then when it gets ugly and nasty, you love them. If we only love them when it's good, then we're not any better than anything else on this planet. We're missing the Jesus. Because since day one, when God said, let there be light, there is light today. Are you with me? You know, today they're still fine. They just found 20 new moons around some planet, Mars, something like that, Jupiter. One of those, they just found 20, they just found them. Like, we're smart people today, right? There's tons of technology. Do you know why? Because when God creates, it doesn't stop. You turn on light in space, it is still going. It does, nothing stops it. They're, they're going to be in 30 years down the road, they're going to be like, man, you know, guess what? The, the universe is still expanding. Duh, because God said. <laughs> There's nothing out there until power of the voice of God catches up until the light of the world catches up and now it's just constantly creating constantly creating constantly creating accepting the responsibility we're building relationships and the third thing is to close the deal that's the invitation. If you are in a, this place with someone and you are completely confident to lead them to the Lord and you ask them that, that's what God lays on your heart, do it. Don't wait on Sunday. When I got saved, it was on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. Pastor took his time to meet me and we met out in the foyer in a, at a big round white table. And he introduced me to Jesus and I said, yes, sir. And I left that room. I was no longer I was no longer bound by addiction. The invitation that you may have, you may be in a place to go, hi. <laughs> hey, guess what? Pastors get there sometimes. Like, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if today's the day that I need, I know I need to do something. I can't just leave it here because we got a relationship. This conversation has come up. I've shared my story. They're intrigued. All you got to do is say, hey, join me. 
Sunday. Let's all save you. We'll sit in the back, the front. We'll sit wherever you want to sit. Just come on with me. And you know, house, you know when they come on this property, they're already prayed for. Right? There's a, there's a, there's a place at the table for them. They, they are going to get loved on. They're going to get supported. They are going to get the word of God through love and power and authority. The light is going to come on in their life, and they are going to be taken care of, and your pastor is going to give them an opportunity to meet the Father, to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and their life to ever be changed. Close the deal. I didn't invite Chris to church that day. I didn't lead him to the Lord that day. But I knew whenever we left, the seed was planted. Eight months later, he, he sends me a message and says, Hey, I do a podcast. Would you be interested in coming on and doing this podcast with me? He does it about CrossFit. It's called the Unbroken Podcast. It's weightlifting. It's weight loss. It's all these things. I thought he was going to talk about um, how old I am and, and my CrossFit ability, which is not much. I'm like, yeah, but what are you going to do, like a five-minute? <coughs> I go over to his house. We sit down. He's like, this is what, he's like, we're just going to, he's like, my job at leading this podcast is to make you forget you've got a microphone in your hand and we're just going to have conversation. Okay, no problem. We start talking. We start talking about CrossFit and how we got there. When I was 28, I got hit by a car and broke both my legs and a collarbone. Not the best move in the world. Wasn't saved. We talked about that. We talked about how, how, uh, how I do CrossFit now after that. And I said, it's because God is good. And my shredded past is made whole through Him. And He just kept on about my past and about my present and about and about 20 minutes into the thing the, the light comes on in my head like hey genius he wants to know about Jesus and I just shared my story with him towards the end of the of my of the podcast he looks at me on the microphone he said man I may have to come check that place out and I said I'm gonna hold you to it I'd love to have you man he came to church that Sunday after service, he didn't raise his hand. He didn't get saved. I walked out, saw him. His eyes are welled up with tears. He said, I got to come back. I said, just keep coming back. I said, what's going on with you? And he said, I don't know if this was a Marley and me moment or something happened in there. <laughs> I said, good call. He said, but I got to find out. I don't know if this is real or if you're just a good speaker. I said, well, I know it ain't the latter. So keep coming back. He continued to come back. He came on Wednesday night Bible studies when there's when there's no frills and it's just it's just straight the word. I mean, we're not doing anything spectacular. He's just coming because he was curious and his heart was intrigued. Sunday morning, and I said, Today is today is your day. You want to give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. And I looked over where he's sitting and his head is up and he's looking me dead in the eye and he said, That's me today. Listen to me. People are going to be coming on your property, to your house, asking for a gift. And you're going to, you're going to give them the light of the world. And it may be a, a full-size candy bar, Snickers, no Almond Joy, no, none of that coconut business. God bless you. God loves you. Stick around. Play a game. Listen, man. 
partner with your church, partner with your pastors. That invitation is going to be there. It's going to open up. They're going to remember what you gave them. And you're going to say, I have no good gifts, but God is the one. Close the deal. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.